Thank you, Pastor Doug. How many is glad to be here tonight? How many believe that Pastor Doug did a fantastic job this morning? You know, it is important that we know the Word and that we know the power of God. Amen? And uh, that was just a good word, Pastor Doug. Very good word this morning. And... Um, you know, I'm, gl I'm glad to be here tonight, and I know Pastor Josh always says all the time, and, you know, it, it's, it's absolutely true that there's no better place to be on a Sunday night than at Christ Point Church, or church in general, but Christ Point Church for me, because uh, I just love seeing all of you here, and uh, I'm just glad to see your smiling faces tonight, and um, yeah, I'm just glad to be here tonight. It's good to see you all. Um, so, I was... <laughs> trying to think about what I need to speak on tonight, and um, Pastor Dan uh, Wormuth, um, Sunday night, he did a fantastic job Sunday night, but he, he spoke a word over me, um, and he said, he said, I'm trying to exactly remember how he said it, he said that the, the word, uh, the burden of the word of the Lord is going to come upon you, um, and he said, that it's going to be weighty, it's going to be, it's going to be heavy, it's going to be something that you know it's of him, and uh, so this week I'm thinking, Okay, Lord, it's uh, like Wednesday. I haven't uh, haven't received this burden that I was told I was going to get. Um, but uh, you know, it's thankfully the Lord came through as He always does. He's an on time God, right? Amen. So He came through. He gave me this word, and I'm I'm even in the car crying about uh, what the Lord has given me. Um, and Raina's like, "What in the world are you doing?" She 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 claims that I just never cry. Um, and so, uh, but uh, I'm trying to prove her a little bit different because I do cry. I do cry. I'm just uh, not like a like a you know a huge emotional crier, if that makes sense. Uh, misty, I guess, is what they call it. You get misty every now and again. But uh, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and start. Uh, in July of 2019, the New York Post published an article about a 73-year-old man whose Jeep broke down in the desert. The man had two dogs with him, and on his trip, he got out and hiked with one of his dogs about 14 miles, and he was looking for help. Uh, it wasn't long before the man was overtaken by the heat of the day and becoming dehydrated. He collapsed in the road that he was traveling. It was another day or so before he was found by a long-distance mountain biker, severely dehydrated, sunburned, and suffering from heat exhaustion. The biker uh, recalled that as he looked at the elderly man trying to get his attention, he saw his eyes continually rolling into the back of his head, and it was at that moment where he realized this man needs some help. So luckily, the biker had a GPS system on him, which he probably should have in the desert, uh, and it, it has a function of an SOS button. So he pushed the SOS button, and uh, on the GPS system, and an ambulance arrived about an hour later, uh, rushing the stranded man to the nearest hospital. And because of the sheer luck of uh, a biker passing by, this man is alive today to tell his story. And so this evening, I've entitled a message, uh, and it's called Embrace Grace, in your desert place. Can you say that with me? Embrace grace in your desert place. And I know that it sounds like just an absolute cliche uh, message title for a Sunday night, but I really, really feel like it's, it's exactly what uh, I needed to title this message tonight, considering what the Lord had given me. And um, it just feels like the perfect message title tonight. And so when I think about uh, desert accounts, when I think about stories, of course, uh, scripture took place, you know, in the desert. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, when I think about accounts of things that happened in the desert or the wilderness, I inevitably think about 
Moses being called by God uh, to lead the Hebrew people through the desert to the promised land. How many think about that when they hear about the desert, right? Uh, and so I think about Moses leading these people through the, through the desert to the promised land, and I think about uh, the tragedy uh, that they experienced through the desert. I, I think about the fact that their hearts were hardened. Uh, they disobeyed God. They were grumbling people. They were angry people. Uh, they were uh, ungrateful people. And not only that, but they even worshiped idols. Uh, they even, you know, uh, made the calf of gold and worshiped idol, even though even though God was bringing them through the desert to this land that he'd promised to them. And so uh, I think about how hard their hearts were in this process and how uh, they, they turned their hearts from the Lord. And it just brings this, like, I just think about how in the world could that have happened uh, in this time when the, when, the, when the Hebrew people knew exactly what God had going on. And so I'm going to take a text from Jeremiah 2. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Jeremiah 2, 5 through 6. Um, and I'll go old school tonight. When you're there... Say amen. <laughs> no, or you can read it behind me uh, in the screens. Um, and it says here uh, in verse 5, it says, What did your ancestors find wrong with me that led them to stray so far from me? They worshipped worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. They did not ask, Where is the Lord who brought us to safety out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness? A land of deserts and pits and a land of drought and death where no one lives or even travels. <clears throat> and what's crazy about this um, is, is Jeremiah is asking, uh, well, the Lord through Jeremiah is asking, where, uh, where, what, was, what were your ancestors thinking? Like, like um, are you basically going to be in this uh, same boat? And, he's, and he said, what did your ancestors find so wrong with me that they couldn't trust me in the desert, basically? Um, and, and so I think... Uh, that even though the Hebrew people knew God's plan, knew that they were brought out of captivity in Egypt and were brought through um, the desert uh, to, to go to Canaan land, the, prom the, 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 the land that promised, that God promised, the land flowing with milk and honey, um, they still rebelled against God. And even, even though they saw all the miraculous signs, and to name a few, um, God parted the Red Sea, Right? So they could escape Pharaoh's army, right? They, they, saw, they saw and experienced, and they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground, right? And not only that, but fire by day and a cloud by night is what led them through the desert, right? And manna from heaven is what fed them, you know, because there's not much to eat in the desert, right? There's just not. Uh, no matter how hard you look, no matter where you go, there's nothing to eat, right? And so God fed them. God took care of them. And to name a few, those were some of the miracles among many that God performed among his people during the time in the desert, right? And so, but they still, they still refused to obey him. They still refused to trust God in the process of the desert, Amen. And so I want to talk about two scenarios that we usually find ourselves in um, uh, concerning uh, ourselves in the desert. Okay. So number one, um, I want to talk about the divine desert. Everybody say the divine desert. Okay. And in the divine desert, this is where, this is one scenario where we find ourselves being led by the Lord, just as Moses uh, and the Hebrew people were led into the desert, led by the Lord into the desert for a reason or for a purpose. Okay. I just say this, God, we know that we serve a, an infinite God, an all-knowing God, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, right? He knows everything. 
the future, the past, the present, right? He knows it all. He knows our, the, every thought that we have. He knows the very number of hairs on our head. Some of us have less than others, right? It's a lot easier to remember. Um, but, but here's the thing. God loves us all, and he had this purpose um, for them. And so, uh, so God wasn't taken back, however, by the Hebrews' people refusal, by the Hebrew people's refusal to obey him and trust in him in the process, right? He wasn't taken back. So he knew he knew how they were going to respond, but yet he still chose to take them through the desert. He knew that the 11-day journey through the desert was going to take him 40 years, but guess what? He chose to take them through the desert anyway, amen? And why do you think he chose to do that? Why do you think he chose to do that? God led his people through the desert to teach them. Uh, he, he allowed them to wander. He allowed them to wander in the desert to teach them to believe and depend on him for their every single need, right? And, and, and so that's exactly why he allowed them to go through this desert place, right? And sometimes I, I feel like I go through desert places and I never know why. Raina was reading something the other day and she said, um, she said something about like, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said. She said, if, if you know, or help me out, babe. <laughs> She's like, no, if, if you know, um, basically if, if God, if you feel like God is calling you to do something that you can do right within your physical ability and within your own, um, within your own talent and within your own ability, then it's most likely not God. But it was something along those lines. And she said something about if it's something that we know uh, on, on within our human knowledge um, that God is leading us to do or that something that we know within our human knowledge, then it must not be God, right? It's not God because if because God leads us into places that we don't know, right? Just like with Abram, he took him to a place that he didn't know, that he'd never been, right? And, he, and, and Abraham trusted God and it was counted to him to righteousness, right? And so every time I believe that God calls us into a place, every time we end up in a desert place, we go through the valley, we go, we're on the mountaintop, we don't always know why we're there, we very rarely know why we're there. Amen? And so, uh, but the children of Israel, they had the privilege of knowing where they were going and why they were in the desert, right? Unlike most of us, when we go through times and difficult times and troubles, we just don't know what it is, right? And so, the divine desert. Everybody say the divine desert one more time. All right, that's point number one. And point number two, we, we end up in this place. Uh, there's another scenario where we end up in this place. Um, it's the self-imposed desert right? The self-imposed desert, right? And we find, our play, we find our, ourselves here in this self-imposed desert for a, a myriad of reasons, just a, a number of reasons. And so um, one being which of fear, whether uh, we fell into some kind of sin, whether we're just simply rebelling against God, right? When we know that we're, we're being called to do something, but yet we choose to rebel and we, we go into the desert, we run far from God, right? We, we, we don't believe. We, it's because maybe, maybe it's because of our unbelief that we are in the desert, right? Or it's just, or, or just uh, other reasons that we could possibly have gone into the desert because, um, because of self-inflicted reasons. Amen? Um, I love the account of Elijah uh, in 1 Kings 19. And uh, I'm going to turn there if you guys want to turn there with me. 1 Kings 19. Uh, it's Elijah. Um, he's just an amazing um, prophet of the Lord, mighty prophet of the Lord, Elijah 19. <clears throat> and uh, in 1 Kings 19, 1 through 4, it says, When Ahab got home, 
he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way that he killed the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I've not killed you just as you killed them. Well, guess what? Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servants there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day, and he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than the ancestors who have already died. So he's running, running um, from, the, from the threat of his life from Jezebel and Ahab, um, and he's scared to death, but yet he goes into the desert to die. And he asks God, take my life, because I'm no better than the ancestors that went before me. But here's the thing. I want to preface something. Uh, this man was a, mighty pre- was a mighty prophet of God who just saw God do the impossible just a chapter ago, right? Chapter 18. Do the impossible by sending fire from heaven, and not just fire from heaven. <clears throat> I mean, this was, Elijah was borderline cocky, borderline, uh, you know, just uh, arrogant. He says, go ahead and just just splash the water on this thing, and like let's let's fill a trench of water uh, around this around this altar, and uh, we're just gonna see uh, not only that God can send fire, but that God can consume and dry up everything here. Um, he, and he, and he, so so there was no fear in verse or in chapter eighteen, but in chapter nineteen, he's scared to death for his life, um, and so he's running from Jezebel and Ahab because of the threat on his life, uh, and he's 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 just he goes into the desert to die. I just I can't. I couldn't wrap my head around that. <clears throat> Does anybody here, and I'm, I'm just going to switch gears here. Does anybody here like to go on vacation? Like vacation, right? Um, I enjoy vacation myself, and when I was a kid, um, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money uh, to go on grand vacations. Um, but there was one thing that we did religiously pretty much every year. We went camping, right? And, and our vacations were, were perfect, absolutely fantastic. Never a hitch. Never a problem in our vacations whatsoever. Now, we'll disregard the fact that there was one time we set up a tent on a hill up way above, way up on top of the whole campground, and a windstorm came and took the tent down, tumbling all the way down. We had to go pick the tent back up and grab it. We'll forget about the time when my dad was backing in a trailer and broke the van mirror off the, off the, off the van um, because he didn't account for the tree that he was right next to, or the time that he forgot to put uh, the, the plug in the ski boat and about sunk the ski boat all the way to the bottom of the lake. Uh, we'll forget about all those times, but we always had these fantastic vacations and camping. We went to, um, uh, we went to the, we, 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 I'm from the state of Michigan. I'm from Michigan. It's beautiful. We love it. We're actually going on vacation there next month. Um, but uh, my family and I, we travel, we travel as far as um, the tropical state of Indiana. Beautiful place, right? Uh, or how about the paradise of Illinois, right, to go camping, those are the places that we went to when we went on vacation, right? And um, I remember one specific time where we were camping. I was just a kid. I was a little kid. Um, and my mom drinks, still to this day, drinks a lot of Coke. I mean, Raina, Raina came, we go home and she can't believe how much soda my family drinks. Um, but uh, we went to the uh, vending machine to buy a can of soda. We put a dollar in. Uh, out comes a half a can of soda, half a can of pop. Perfect can, not punctured, nothing. Just a half, I mean, it's literally half a can of soda. So we take it to the front desk and we say, uh, 
you know, we, we paid we paid a dollar. It was 50 cents for the can. We got 25 cents worth of soda here, right, basically. And so uh, the front desk said, okay, well, we're going to call the maintenance man, and he's going to come. He's going to rescue. He's going to take care of you, right? And so um, here comes this maintenance man down the hill. He's bebopping down, right? He's got this He's got this whole big ring of keys, and he's bebopping down. He's all over the place. He's wired. He's freaking out, right? He's, he's under the influence of something, I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, but he says, but it, he says the most profound thing, um, and I never forgot it as a kid. And even to this day, I still remember it. Uh, he comes up, and we give him the can of soda. We say, sir, this, this can's only, uh, this can's half empty, right? This can's half empty. And, and we give it to him, and, he said, and he's getting his ring of keys out. He says, well, he says, he's, he's opening the machine. He says, I'm more a can half full kind of guy, right? And, and, he, and this man, this maintenance man taught me something uh, as a kid that day, something about perspective. Everybody say perspective, right? I learned something from that man that day. Uh, and, 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 the one thing that he, he taught me, the one thing that I thought about is that in every situation, we should always look at what's good, at what, at what at, we can always learn something in every season of our life. We can always learn whether it's good or bad. We can always learn something in every single season of our life. Amen. And I think that, uh, and he, so he said that to, he said that to us and it just blew my mind as a little kid. Um, and so point number three that I want to talk about is keep positive perspective in the desert. Keep positive perspective in the desert. And Pastor Josh says all the time, your perspective is either your passport or your prison, right? He always says that, and that's something that always sticks out to me as well. It's just always about keeping a positive perspective because we've all had difficult times in our life. We've all had tragedy. We've all had problems. We've all gone through desert of some sort, whether we've gone through it, we've, all, we've taken ourselves to the desert, or whether the Lord has taken us through it for some reason, right? We've all gone through those situations, right? And, and so God, and so it's important to keep a, a positive perspective uh, in these difficult times, Right? So I personally um, uh, have been a glass half, half full uh, or half empty, a glass half empty kind of guy many times in my life. But I don't really want to be that guy anymore. I never want to be that guy anymore. I always want to look at the glass as half full. And so I always want to think about uh, opportunities that I have to learn from the situation that I find myself. When I wake up in the morning, I want to think to myself, you know, I might not feel good, but I want to think to myself, you know what, I can go and impact somebody for the gospel today. I want to, I want to always look at some, some kind of positive outcome that, could, that my day could bring about, no matter what difficulty I'm having that day. And so I also I want to be like this maintenance man who had this, this uh, perspective of a, full can of, uh, a half full can of soda uh, and view these types of things in, my, in every season of my life. I want to view it in a positive light. Amen? Are you with me? So I personally have had what you might call the pleasure of um, being in the desert multiple times, both um, self-induced and both for, from reasons that God has brought me through. Um, I've been through the desert many times and more times than I would like to admit. I've put myself there. But I'll say this, when I've been through the desert places in my life, oftentimes I feel like I can't, I can't reach the Lord. Have you ever been there? Like, like the heavens are brass. You, you pray and there's no answer. You pray God's not hearing you. You, you don't feel 
his presence. You don't feel the security that he's with you oftentimes in the desert. At least that's been my experience. Sometimes it feels like God is nowhere to be found. I feel alone. I feel abandoned. I feel discouraged, broken. I mean, you, can, you name it. Fill in the blank. I feel it all. I find myself at this crossroads having to choose whether I want to go further into the desert. Do I want to go further into the desert and, and, and run from the Lord? Or do I want to take my time and think about what's going on and try to learn from the situation as to why I'm in the desert to begin with? Because here's the thing. No matter whether I put myself in the desert or the Lord takes me through the desert, he's not surprised by it. He knew it was coming. He knew the season was about to happen. He knew immediately. Before it ever happened, he knew. And he knew the outcome. He knew what choices I'd make through the desert. He knew it all. But still, it's difficult. <laughs> Amen? It's difficult. And so uh, I find myself at this crossroads. I want to decide whether or not I want to learn and I want to give myself to the Lord or I want to run and continue to run from his process that he's trying to teach me, right? If I choose, here's the, here's the crazy part. If I choose to run further from God into the desert, by his grace, he allows me to feel what it's like to be without him. Amen. Have you, ever, have you ever taken that perspective before? To feel, not feel God, but yet think, th say, thank you, Lord, that I'm not feeling you right now. It's grace that because I now know what it feels like to, oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know, I now know what it feels like to be without you, amen? I now know what it feels like to be without you, right? And, and that's, a, that's a crazy perspective to have. But if I choose to run in, in um, to the desert, by his grace, he allows me to feel what it's like to be without him. But if I choose to trust his process, his grace allows me to learn and understand his reason for having me there. Amen? His grace. So, so, I, so in either situation, whether I've driven myself there or whether he's got me there, I have the option. I have the opportunity to choose whether I want to continue on and allow, and, and allow God to teach me a hard lesson or whether I want to just, just, just break down and, 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 and trust the process as to why God has me in the desert. Um, I have those choices. And that's grace, right? That's his grace, right? And so if I choose the process, um, his grace allows, if I choose to follow the process, his grace allows me to understand why I'm there. James 1, 2 says that we need uh, to count it all joy when we find ourselves uh, facing diverse trials and temptations because when our faith is tested and we keep the right perspective, I added that part. That's not part of the scripture. But when we keep the right perspective, we can grow through the process, amen? We can go through the process, um, and so I want to say that I thank God for the desert places in my life. I thank God because oftentimes, like I said, he brings me through the desert. And, I, and when he takes me through the desert, I, I, I never know why I'm there. I never know. I don't have the luxury of, the, of, of like the Hebrew people. I never know. I never know why. Lord, why do you have me here? And I can ask him. And, and there's, and, but you know what? When he takes me through the desert, many times in my life, when he takes me through the places that he's taken me, he's taken me through the desert, taken me through the hard times. I've gone through difficult times. And, 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 and I've been in this place. When I, when I finally come through the desert, that's when it's like a light turns on. It's like, 
It's like, Lord, you, you've, you've now shown me exactly why I've gone through the situation. I remember um, one time, so I was raised in church uh, as a kid, and through a various uh, series of unfortunate events, you, you, you know, you might have you, it, it, was, it was a thing where I just, I just lost hope. I, I walked away from the Lord in, in my time in, in those trials. I walked away from the Lord. I, had, I felt as though I had nobody. Uh, I watched my family kind of implode. You know, it was, it was a difficult time in my life, and I kind of was like, Lord, I don't have anybody to show me how to serve you. I don't have anybody to show me uh, the way to you anymore. So, so how, what do I do? So I just walked away. You know, and, and it was one of the most regretful times in my life, the very most regretful time in my life. And so I think about that, and I think, I remember it was years later when I, when I finally, when the Lord, and I never in that time, ever, did I ever feel like the, like, I never felt the Lord leave me, if that makes any sense. He, I just continued, and I fought. I fought against it hard. I don't want to, I don't ever want to come back, Lord, because I was so angry and so frustrated because of the situation that I had found myself in, and I realized once the Lord brought me through it, and he brought me back to him, and he said, I still love you. I still want to be, I still want you uh, in my kingdom. I love you very much. I have a plan and a purpose for you, just like Jeremiah 29, 11. I have this plan and purpose for you. When I finally realized, realized that, I come through the time that I went through, I came all the way through, went to the other side, and then the Lord told me this. I said, Lord, why did I go through all that? And, and, and I remember when I gave my heart back to the Lord, it was like uh, there was no angels. There were, there were no angels singing. There was no party. It didn't feel like there was a party in heaven. As a matter of fact, it was a very dark place in my life, a very difficult time in my life, because I'm like, Lord, I don't feel you. And, and, and all these other people, they have this crazy testimony story about, you know, they, they come to the altar and they fall down and they have this huge uh, experience with the Lord. I didn't have that. It felt very difficult for me. I went through and I felt like I, I, I'm calling out to the Lord. Lord, I don't see you. I don't hear you. I, you're nowhere to be found. Where are you? And when the Lord finally brought me through that place, I remember I said, Lord, you've always guided me through my whole life. And even when I was running far from you, I still felt you and you never left me. I said, Lord, please send somebody to, to, to comfort me, send somebody to talk to me. And I remember my buddy's, and this is not in my notes, but my buddy's, uh, my buddy's mother come to me one day at, a, at one of his kids' birthday parties. She was from up north, never met the lady before. She knew nothing about me. And she came up to me and she says, I just felt like I needed to tell you that the Lord has a plan for your life, um, and very, very shortly you're going to be leaving and going uh, to somewhere uh, that you don't know about. I mean, basically, the Lord has this plan for you. And it wasn't just a few weeks later, maybe a month or two, maybe at most, that I, 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 I got my plan to come to Joplin, go to Messenger College and all that stuff, and the rest is history. The Lord has led me through it. And I asked God, God, why did you allow me to go through that time where I felt like you were totally away from me? And you know, you know what, what he said to me? And it was almost as like it was an audible voice. He said, son, if I would have never let you go through that time in your life, you would have just taken me for granted and left me again. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that time in my life, I'm like, Lord, that's, that's it. That's why. That's why. So it's grace. It's his grace. Without feeling like he's nowhere to be found, I'd have no reason to continue to seek after him with all my heart. Right? Without the desert, I'd never have gotten to the place that God promised that he would take me. Amen? Without the desert, I'd never have learned to trust him through some of the darkest, loneliest times of my life. If you're in the desert place tonight, I urge you to hold on. 
not to lose hope, to embrace God's grace in this desert place, because believe it or not, it's only by his grace that you find yourself there. It's your chance to search for him. Amen? It's your chance to search for him. Sean, you can come up. Tonight, I just urge you guys, if you find yourself in this desert place, find yourself in this difficult time, to reach for him. <laughs> search for him with all of your heart. The Bible says that, you know, Jer we, we hear Jeremiah 29, 11 all the time, but verse 13, we, we forget about that, where it says, if we search for him with all of our heart, that's the only time we'll find him. We'll find him when we search for him with all of our heart. Other places in scripture, it also says the very same thing. If it had not been for God sending Philip down the desert road, he'd have never shared the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch. If it hadn't been for Moses leading uh, his father-in-law's sheep into the desert of Sinai, he'd have never had the encounter with God in the burning bush. If Elijah hadn't retreated into the desert, he'd have never stood before God on the mountain, and he might never have, have, have had to choose to have Elisha as his successor, as the prophet of God. It was from the deserts of Judah where David cried in Psalm 63, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My faith, uh, my flesh faints for you. And in this dry and weary land, there is no water. It was in the desert place where the voice of John the Baptist could be heard crying, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Amen. And it was after the desert experience that Jesus had that launched him directly into his earthly ministry. Amen. So embrace grace in this desert place.